Welcome to News Fix, where we spend hours going through the news so you don't have to. The capital remains under Ukrainian control, the country's second city has a battle underway, and Vladimir Putin loses an honorary presidency. It's Sunday, February 27th. Here's your News Fix. In terms of the latest lines in Ukraine, in Kiev, all reports suggest Ukraine's capital city remains firmly under the control of Ukrainians. In the last hour, BBC News reported an oil depot outside a city near Kiev was hit by a Russian rocket. In Kharkiv, Russian troops have reportedly entered the city. It is the second largest city in Ukraine and is based about 20 kilometers from the border with Russia. In terms of casualties, Russia's defense ministry is still reporting zero casualties in Ukraine. On the other side, Ukrainian authorities are saying that there have been at least 3,000 Russian casualties. Some journalists have warned both of those figures should be taken with a pinch of salt. Also, in recent hours, Reuters published an article saying there have been at least 64 civilian casualties so far. Citing UN figures, 160,000 people are also thought to have left their homes since the invasion began. In terms of Russian ramifications, on SWIFT, after much speculation, a number of Russian banks have been banned from SWIFT, the international payment system. A joint statement from Western allies suggested up to 70% of Russian banks will be impacted. In terms of social media, Facebook announced no Russian state media will be allowed to run ads anywhere in the world. Meanwhile, CNN reported Twitter was being restricted inside Russia in a probable attempt at damage control. In terms of anti-war protests, at least 2,600 people have been detained, more than half of them in Moscow, following protests in Russia against the invasion of its neighboring country. In terms of two sporting angles, the owner of Chelsea Football Club, oligarch Roman Abramovich, has handed over the stewardship and care of the club in light of the invasion. In another sporting angle, the International Judo Federation has dropped Putin's title as honorary president. Now, a number of you have asked how long Russia actually want this to continue. It's hard to say, but this morning, the Russian government said they have sent a delegation to Belarus to negotiate a peace agreement with Ukraine. Remember that Belarus is Russia's closest ally to Russia and Europe, and its border with Ukraine is roughly 100 kilometers from Kiev. On Thursday morning, CNN aired footage of Russian tanks crossing the border from Belarus into Ukraine. In terms of how Ukraine has responded to Russia sending a delegation to Belarus, President Zelensky said while his country wants peace, they won't be sending a delegation to Belarus, a country assisting Russia in its attack. Instead, he suggested a number of other European cities, including Warsaw, Istanbul and Budapest. We'll keep an eye on this for you if there's any significant developments. Another angle that has been raised by many of you is the feeling that there has been a very different reaction to the ongoing situation than there has been to recent wars in Iraq, Syria and Afghanistan, for example. This has been discussed a lot online in recent days. In the newsletter, we included a link to a CBS news reporter who went viral and was widely condemned for his comments about Ukraine being a, quote, relatively civilized country in comparison to others who have faced war in recent decades. Reporter Charlie Dagata was quoted as saying, this isn't a place with all due respect, like Iraq or Afghanistan, that has seen conflict raging for decades. You know, this is a relatively civilized, relatively European city where you wouldn't expect that. Also on this topic, on an episode of The Daily on Wednesday, the day before the invasion began, there was a really interesting discussion about Putin raising the possibility of Ukraine obtaining weapons of mass destruction, a similar narrative given by the US ahead of the invasion of Iraq in 2003. During the podcast interview, the Moscow bureau chief for the New York Times said, quote, 
That invasion of Iraq by the United States that Russia obviously opposed is something you hear Putin talking about time and time again. And I think that right now what you're seeing is Putin looking back at military action that the US undertook. You know, the NATO bombing of Yugoslavia in 1999, the invasion of Iraq in 2003, and he's really saying, if the US did this for what it claimed were its important national security interests or humanitarian reasons, then we should be able to do the same thing. We've included a link to the podcast in today's newsletter, and that discussion in particular starts at about 18 minutes in. Now today marks Special Forces Day in Russia. President Putin took the time to thank Russian soldiers for their, quote, heroic defense of the Donbass region in eastern Ukraine. Remember, the Donbass region contains the territories Putin recognized as independent of Ukraine on Monday. In recent weeks, he has also claimed there is a genocide occurring there against ethnic Russians, something Western leaders have repeatedly insisted there is no evidence of. In terms of two angles we're keeping a close eye on, there's a referendum in Belarus today, which many observers say will likely further cement the leadership of President Lukashenko. As Radio Liberty reported, there is also a chance the country could end its nuclear-free status as a result. Another story is that on Friday, reports of 13 Ukrainian soldiers on a small island sending a defiant message to a Russian warship before being killed went viral. The latest on this is that a report in The Guardian today suggests the soldiers may still be alive. Meanwhile in the US, a video we've included in the newsletter of a Republican congressman calling for a round of applause for Russia has gone viral. Another question we've received a lot in recent days, which is totally understandable, is asking what articles we would recommend to people. Right now we would say Tom Friedman's opinion piece in the New York Times, We Have Never Been Here Before, is probably the top of our list. You will likely need a subscription to read it, which is actually one of the key reasons we move Newsfix to a free summary service, so that hopefully your money could possibly be spent supporting some of our recommendations. We've also included in the newsletter two other recommendations that don't require subscriptions. The first is an RT News explainer about what exactly Swift is. We found it far and away the easiest to understand and to read. The second recommendation we have is a profile piece on President Zelensky from BBC News the comedian president who is rising to the moment. Both of them are highly informative. And lastly, we took a look at what else happened in the news this week. The three police officers alongside Derek Chauvin on the day of George Floyd's murder were found guilty of violating his civil rights. The man charged with the murder of British teacher Sabina Nessa pleaded guilty in court. In the US, President Biden nominated Katanji Brown Jackson to become a justice on the Supreme Court. If confirmed by the Senate, she would become the first black woman to ever serve on the court. Prince Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, won an award at the NAACP Image Awards. While accepting the award, they voiced their support for Ukraine. And lastly, apologies for not fully covering some of these developments in recent days. We will be back to a more normal format view of the newsletter from tomorrow, but of course, leading with Ukraine. Thank you for all of your support in recent days, and we hope that our summaries have proved helpful. That's today's fix. Have a great day.